This is a Think Live Be production. Good morning. Good morning. What's going on with you? Watching the fog. <laughs> uh, Merry Christmas. No. no. <laughs> it's not even Stop. Thanksgiving. We don't, we don't want people to think this is a uh, repeat. Oh, no, no. This isn't a repeat. I was just, it was a comment on the the state of the country that everybody thinks it's already time to decorate for the holidays. Yeah. And it's not even Thanksgiving. Yeah. It. I know we talk about this every year. Everybody does. But it really does get earlier and earlier. Like there, there is nothing available for Thanksgiving. It's like it goes from Halloween candy to Christmas decor. There's nothing in between. Yeah. And maybe that's because nobody cares about Thanksgiving. Well, it's like it, it's 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 a day off. It's a couple days off. I think it's a uh, it's an in-between holiday. It's an in-between. Yeah, kind of like. You know, Halloween people, there's a lot of people that really embrace Halloween and kids love Halloween. And so it's a, it's always a, there's movies on with Halloween and stuff. And, and then, uh, Christmas is Christmas. So what's thanks Thanksgiving is, I think a lot, well, but a lot of people like are really in like football is a big deal. Right. So we don't want really what we don't watch football. So for us, it's nothing, you know? Yeah, I don't know, but it's this weird in between time where it's like, what do we do on our front porch stoop? Oh, we, yeah. We've got all these pumpkins from Halloween. Do yeah. we put out the wreath yet? It's yeah. not time. That's I true. Don't know. Uh, this is a uh, pretty, yeah, pretty simple problems to yeah. have. <laughs> uh, anyways, we got much more bigger problems to discuss. We do. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, what do you know about that I don't know about? Well, no. Um. I know we like to keep this evergreen, mm-hmm. as Pat calls it. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast industry calls it, where, you know, we like to talk about things that you can listen to at any point in time and you're going to get value out of it. Right. So I'm going to go off book, though, and not be evergreen because I know that everybody's probably feeling this the season and like this time of year, this weird in between season of Thanksgiving is typically slower and it, and a lot of times people just like slow down completely and take the rest of the year off and that's why they don't hit their goals the following year because what you're working on today shows up in the first quarter of next year and so i was just at i'm on the agent leadership council at our office and i was just at a an event last week and they were uh the the presenter was gene rivers he's he's a real estate business genius and he was saying that we'll close this year nationwide around 3.8 to 4.2 million sales. And when the the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book was written, the average sales were about 3 million. So and and that was written during that was studied during 1990s to 2000 where the average price was like 100 to 200,000 and the average number of sales around the nation was 3 million. So a million less, let's call it. And the average sales price was, you know, one fourth of what it is today. And yet millionaires were being made. Like that's how they studied and wrote the book. And so we're we're still having a strong year of real estate sales, but it it feels so different. And I think we we get like complacent and doing the same things. And sometimes the same things don't work anymore. And so you have to you have to reassess like how do I get in front of the business because there's still millions of people who are going to close in the next month. Well, maybe not millions. I said that. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like in your area, there are thousands of people that are still going to buy houses this year, and you just have to decide: Are you one of those people that's going to close one? And I I just bring that up because it is this weird time where things just start to feel like slow, and it's felt even slower to me anyways than it ever has and I was in the great recession mm-hmm. but I I got into real estate as that was starting and how easy we forget what that feels like well you know what it's so important as a team leader and as um an experienced agent it's like what I'm hearing is like usually when 
you've got this big corporation and there's a CEO or there's CFO or somebody who's like kind of uh, when there's a, a employee meeting and the, and ever and they're doing the their the the quarterly speech and stuff, there's somebody leading the way, right, and saying, hey, these are what the numbers are, this is what we expect, the blah 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 and stuff, and everyone gets back to work, and with real estate, everybody is their own boss. And so you're all running around and spinning and going down your and going down downward spirals individually together and not not together and stuff. Oh my God, what's happening with the market? Oh my God, whoa, whoa, this lawsuit. Oh my God, blah blah blah. Oh my God, my sales are and the phone's not ringing and there there isn't any leader standing up for every single person going, hey, this is what this is. Unless you're a, t- it's why when you're a team leader and you have agents that work for you, how important it is to kind of turn on the spotlight and lead the way through the woods for them. Um, because what you just said, you went to this a- ALC thing and this guy who is a quote genius said, Hey, this is what the numbers are. And you were like, Oh, okay. It's so, not that bad. <laughs> so even after 17 years experience, you still needed to hear it from somebody that you respect say, Hey, dumb, dumb, get back to work. <laughs> well, and-, and, and you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, now I see the numbers and, and it worked on you. So as a leader in the office and as a leader of your team, it shows how important it is to not let younger agents or newer agents or other agents just go into their, you know, a lot of a lot of agents work out of their house. They don't have anyone to talk to. Well, they're just doing the thing and they're spiraling all over the place going like, oh, my God, uh, this is how this is why we will watch this wave of people get out of the business and stuff right well so what you're describing is like i listen i went to an event with higher level thinkers and listened to what they said and now that will guide me for the rest of the year and into the next year because he's right (laughs) but sometimes you need to hear it and it's so easy in this business um this is maybe a good place to insert uh, intro to what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, this podcast is called Seeking Your Best and Seeking the Best. Seeking the <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what podcast I'm on. It's called Seeking the Best. And when Pat Pat is my significant other, his name's Patrick Fatika. Hi. He's co-host. Hello. And I'm Catherine Stelgis. And we started this podcast just because we like to talk through how to be the best that we can be, whatever that means to you, because not everybody wants to be a huge, run a huge team or be be a huge agent. They just want to be their best in that, whatever that means to them. And one of those things that I've learned over the years that 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 describes that and defines that is going to events, and educational places and listening to people that are at higher levels than you. That's how you become your best. Because it's really easy in this industry to just um, sit in your own little dark room Mm -hmm. and believe whatever stories you're telling yourself. Like, oh my gosh, this market is terrible. Spiral, 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 Nobody's buying any houses. Everyone's saying Mm -hmm. no. And you can even do this on a team. Like, it's really easy just to get in your own head. So you've got to make purposeful um, attempts to, to learn from other people who've done the things before you and who've been through different markets. Um, and I've, you know, listen, I've been doing this for a long time and, and yet it's still really easy to forget how different that market felt. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, I'm trying to like well, and it's remember always, what it's, what was it like 17 years ago? It's always important to, to surra- surround ago. yourself with people that are better than you mm-hmm. versus the same or n- not as good. Like, mm-hmm. like if you really want to do well, you put yourself in a position where you're listening to and talking to, and this goes for anything, whether you're trying to learn a sport or, or learn how to paint or learn how to play music or whatever it is, you surround yourself with people that are better. That's what brings you up. You don't want to be the one who sort of knows and are teaching somebody else. Yeah. You know, not until you feel like you're an expert do you get to be a, in a position of where you're helping, like really helping other people. Now, I'm not saying don't help people. I, what I'm saying is, is that in order for you to grow, you surround yourself with the best people that you can that are smarter than you, that are, that are further along than you. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Like find out who those people are and go listen to them because they'll tell you there's opportunity anywhere. Because there is. Because there is. And, and as uh, Gene Rivers said the other day, um, 
no house has ever sold for zero dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then the other thing he said that really stuck with me was that, you know, the MREA book, which we talk about all the time because it's this, you know, this basically business plan model models for running a successful business, whatever size you want. And at that time with the market, the prices, everything, you had to sell a lot of houses, 320, I think it is, um, to, to be a net millionaire agent. And he said, today it takes about 240. You've never been closer. And yeah. that, that just sort of resonated. Like, yeah. Like we have so much opportunity in our market and for the people who will get out of the market because it is difficult, it's more difficult today than it was last year and they'll get out of the market. Mm-hmm. You're leading. That's all more. Le- that's more. Leaving of- more room for more opportunity yeah. for the rest of us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't want that for you, but that's a choice you got to make. Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly what it is. So, <sighs> you know, it's like it's like when there's less competition it's like who are who are you going to be are you gonna you know it's like and 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 it's the path of least resistance it's like chance chances are most of the first people out of the business weren't doing a ton of business individually but if you take the one listing that that guy had and the two buyers that that girl had and you start adding up the percentage that's a whole lot of people that are going to be looking for houses and those other agents that are gone Aren't, aren't around yeah. to get in the way. Yep. So what's on the agenda today? Okay. So I think we're going to do um, a question from the web. So so you've got a, a question for me that we're yeah. going to dig deep into a full Yeah, we're going to do that episode. again. That seemed to work pretty good last time we did it. So let's go ahead and, and give it a try again. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Okay, question from the web. I'm 19 years old. I have my license, but I find myself struggling with how to even be in contact with the buyer or seller in the first place. Most of the people I know are my age and aren't looking to buy or sell a home so young. I've looked online and it's pretty vague on how to network. What are some ways to network with potential sellers or buyers without seeming like a scam, especially looking for ways to network that would build long-term client, not just quick deals? Okay. So let's break that down a little bit. So first of all, oh, I can I can relate. They said they were 19. I was I was very young when I got my real estate license. I was I went to college and I immediately after I graduated, I got my real estate license and then I also went back to school at the same time and to get a different degree. And so I can completely relate. I didn't know anybody that was buying or selling. No, everybody was just was in college or just out of college or you know, we worked in a bar. Yeah. So it was like bar people but who had no money no had- <laughs> um but I definitely I relate because I felt that way when I first started I'm like who am I supposed to know that's gonna be buying a house right now or or selling a house like who who would that be yeah um the first thing so let, let's talk about that that's just a mindset thing though because again you're 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 thinking that the only way you can have business is if this this group of people that you know does real estate business and that's not what a sphere is like i think that's a misconception that happens a lot where people think they're they everybody hears about a sphere and depending on what brokerage you go to or who's training you or or teaching you you'll you'll know about building a sphere but you might not know how many people do i need to add what's the purpose of it what contact information am I supposed to get? What do I do with it after I get them? A lot of people don't have the 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 exact answer to all that. They just know they're supposed to talk to people that they already know. And they're looking for real estate deals. That's what this sounds like. Yeah. And so without the right direction, you don't know where you're going. So I think that's the first part is for her to understand that... Um, being young doesn't mean you can't sell houses, 
the pe- the people that maybe you just went to school with or that you know locally, it's not them necessarily that you're looking for. They could do business though. That's a that's something you need to understand is people who are 19, 20 years old, they do buy houses too. And in fact, that's a growing population is the 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 young young people straight out of Yeah, they might not school. have money, but their parents do. And you don't know what conversations they're having. Yeah. And so don't don't tell yourself that because that's what you'll be looking for every day. Like you'll be believing that none of those people are going to have any business. So why call them anyways? You're at the perfect age where you and your friends are socializing more than you ever will in the rest of your life. That is true. You'll never. (laughs) However much hanging out and stuff, all of you and your friends are doing, this is it because it will people will in the next five years start to have kids and get married and move away and all of the things get real careers going where they're going to bed at 10 o'clock at night. So all the hanging out you're doing now at the, at 19 or 20, um, take advantage, take of, advantage of it. So what you have that people who maybe get into the business in their late twenties don't have is a street team. <laughs> you have a bunch of people running around and once again, I'll say this once again, it's not necessarily the people that are in your sphere. It's the people that are in your, it's who the people in your sphere know. Well, they yeah. all have jobs. They all know people, right? So your job is to, it's, it's the 200 people that they know and each one of those people that are in your sphere. So that's, that's what you have to always be focused on is that, yes. that part of it. Yes. The sphere, that's the first part is like, yes, you're 19 and maybe your closest friends aren't buying houses today, but that's not what a sphere is. A sphere are people that you know that, that could, um, that could recommend you. That's a simple way to put it because they do know who you are. And when you build that, and we have separate episodes about this, but you build it to 200 because that's enough people when communicated with effectively would lead to a strong business just with that alone. And so you've got to, you've got to get their contact info and then you've got to ask for a referral business and, and make sure that they know that you're the person to go to when they have a real estate need. And I don't mean them. I mean, when somebody has a real estate need. Yeah. And also real, just real quick, this is a little off off of that are you going down the rabbit hole no no <sighs> i'm just gonna say you're 19 you're asking questions you've got your real estate license you are so ahead of the game if you can organize your stuff put your lit put your list together and everything you have no idea how far ahead of the game you are on this like you you will could be super super successful if you build your foundations now you geez you can't even go to a bar you're too young to even go to yeah, a, you don't, a you bar. can't even drink. Like like you are so far ahead. You but you I would concentrate really really concentrate str- strongly on you know I'd even I'd even consider joining a team at 19 because you're at the age where it's like you could do that for 5 years and really kind of learn from somebody who's got the experience of what to do and find your way and everything. I I I would even consider doing that. You would even consider it? Well, you know what I mean. Like, I mean, you're 19, you're out there, you're doing it. It's like, it's like asking questions and everything. It's like, so, you know, not everybody's cut out to be on a team, not and everything. It's like, that's all. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Um, so, but the point is like, it doesn't matter your age. People in this business get into this at all different ages, at all different um, career paths like people get in to the business that have been out of jobs for years like uh, stay-at-home moms that go get their license and get into real estate people that have completely different careers that want to change and they go get their real estate license and everybody starts on this same spot I just got my license I don't know who to talk to because I don't know I don't know how to find a client I don't know how to find somebody who do I call every day? That's like the biggest question too. By the way, even on a team, people say the same thing. And I'm like, literally there are, um, I made you build a 200 person database. There's thousands of people 
in the lead pool and there's open house opportunities every single weekend. And yet people still are like, who do I call today? So you're not alone. This is the struggle. This is kind of part of the, I guess the, the problem with real estate as a job is that I could, because this is really so personal. Like when I got my, my degree and I got my license, I did not know what this job entailed. No one told me, by the way, for like 10 years that your job is to lead generate. Wait, I'm sorry. Script and role play, lead generate, lead follow up, go on appointments, show properties, write offers, negotiate contracts and start again. But that's the job. And the most important part of that job is the lead generation part. And so when you're new, you should spend 80% of your time, if not more, until you have a client, 100% of your time looking for somebody who will work with you. That's all you should be doing. And it's it's real easy to spend 80% of your time trying to learn things. Mm -hmm. Or like looking around on um, MLS for properties for somebody who said, uh, yeah, they're not your client. And they said, um, well, yeah, I'm looking for like a three, two mm-hmm. in this area. And so you think like, well, if I can find them, the three, two in then this area, then, then I, I can know. call them and right. then they'll work with me. Your job is to just have as many conversations as you can every day. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to explain it. That's the better way to explain it. Cause even when you say lead generation, then we're like, what does that mean? It's like ha- conversations about real estate to as many people as you can. Every single day. And if you just did that. And that doesn't mean standing in Target going, hey, what's your name? <laughs> like. <laughs> Although I've seen people do it. You could. I've seen. I, the I, only way that that works, by the way, because I I'm um, I've heard a lot of people like go to malls and mm-hmm. go to events and stuff. The only way that that works is if you actually get that person's contact information to mm-hmm. follow up again and then you actually follow up. Yeah. And multiple it, times to create a relationship. Otherwise, all you've done is spend a couple hours in a store. Right. Well, here's the thing: is it is you giving that advice? Something like that doesn't make the person that needs to hear that advice is never going to do that to the level in which it needs to be done. What I mean by that is there are certain personalities and certain types of people that I remember. I was in line at the post office and. There was like eight or nine people in line and there was this lady there with her Southern drawl and was introducing herself and handing out business cards, not because as a, as a, as a realtor and had talked to every single person in the post office. Uh Now, I don't believe that that was a marketing tool, a marketing thing that she was doing because she was passing. I think that was her as a person. I'm going to talk to everybody in this room because when I was 19, I talked to everybody in the room. And when I was 20, I talked to everybody in the room. And now I'm 60 and I'm still talking to everybody in the room. And so that there is a type of person that can go into the mall and just start strike up a conversation and hand out business cards. And those people, by the way, because that's not me. No. 100%. And it's not me either. But I do know those people do exist. My dad is one of those people. For sure. Your dad is one of those people. We used to joke that no matter where we went in the country, he'd run into somebody he knew. (laughs) But if, if you have enough conversations about real estate, asking for business, you will find yourself somebody who is can be a buyer or seller for you. It's all about conversations. But to Pat's point, you have to be intentional because there's a ceiling of achievement that everybody's going to reach and we're all different. I'm not one of those people that's going to go strike up a conversation. So my ceiling of achievement through natural sales, um, natural sales abilities is low. Like I had to go and learn how to have conversations with people because I don't like talking to people in general. <laughs> so, but if you're one of those people, well then go, go, Meet as many people as you can, but be purposeful. Get their contact information, and then you have to follow up with them eight times over eight weeks to solidify that they remember you so that when somebody has a real estate need, they'll think of you. And then you have to keep keep in touch with them. So if you're not going to do that with the strangers that you met at Target, then don't go to Target and spend hours having conversations with people. I wouldn't do that. And for most people, that is not a method that will lead to any kind of success. Yeah. 
Fortune is in the follow-up. Fortune is in the follow-up. So the best follow-up, the easiest follow-up is to people that you already know. And I understand the the lament that I'm only 19. My people don't want to buy and sell houses. You're asking them, who do you know from work, your neighborhood, your parents that want to buy, sell, or invest in real estate that I could call? Who do you know that might know someone that wants to buy, sell, or invest? Not you. I know we just graduated high school together. I know you don't have any money. Who do you know? That's it. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Okay, let's take a break. The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So will you read the question again so we can, because there's more to that besides just I'm young and what to do? Yeah. Okay. I'm a... I'm 19 years old with my license, but I find myself struggling with how to even be in contact with a buyer or seller in the first place. Most of the people I know are my age and aren't looking to buy or sell a home so young. I've looked online and it's pretty vague on how to network. What are some ways to network with potential sellers or buyers without seeming like a scam, especially looking for ways to network that would build a long-term client, not just quick deals? Okay. This question is basically like, how do I do real estate? (laughs) Well, and it's sort of weird, like, no offense to the person who wrote it, but but how do I network and it not feel like a scam? I think I think what they're thinking what is like mean? I think like salesy. No, probably. I think is what she means. Like I don't want to be salesy. So I and I'm sure I've said this stuff before, but I find it so bizarre, like when people feel salesy and let me back up. If you, first of all, to network with buyers or sellers, you would have to be in a place that buyers and sellers go. What's the only place that buyers and sellers go? Open house. That's the only place that they collectively go together. And, and they're in there telling you, I want to buy a house. Yeah. There's so why, no would other you, room. why would you feel salesy when they come in to buy a house? So there's no other room to network, as, as it was put in the question, than an open house. And... It's one of the easiest ways to get business. They used to say um, for sale by owners are the the fastest source of, of business. That's Fis- FISBO, fastest source of business opportunity. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, And it, it can be as well. Like you can sit down and you can call for sale by owners and build relationships with them. And over six to eight weeks, eventually they will, most of them list with an agent. So if you're the person that's still there. But that requires um, calling people you don't know. Scripts. And scripts and dialogues and, and competing with people who do this at a high level. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And sellers, we, you know, they tend to, they're actually paying the bill, right? So they tend to want experience and mm-hmm. knowledge. And What's so. the saying? Buyers want somebody who will move quickly. Buyers are- want customer service. They want fast Fast respond to me. Respond. Responsiveness. Respond. And sellers want experience and knowledge. They want you to make the most money for them. They want the process to be really smooth and they're going to pay you to do it. And so as a new agent, it's not that you can't go after sellers. 100% you can and you should. And at the same time, the fastest source of real estate business for buyers is open houses. Right. And so when you're talking about where can I go where people are buying and selling houses and where where can I go to talk to them and get in front of them that's what it is and so and they're so easy to do you do not have to have a listing yourself to do one that's the cool thing about them and one of the large ways besides fear that I um that I started in real estate I just went out and did as many open houses as I possibly could and people show up and they say I want to buy a house they don't they don't actually come in and say, I want to buy a house. Will you help me? It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's simple. I just put myself in front of people that wanted to do real estate business. Otherwise, why are they there? And 
here's the, the excuses that you'll begin to make for yourself when you start to do open houses. They all have agents. They won't answer my calls. I've heard it over time and time and time again. Um, but if you want to be in front of buyers and sellers in a room, the easiest way to meet them, go do an open house and then do another yeah. one and another one until you've built up enough people that you're following up with consistently that w- they'll convert. And then once they start converting, you haven't stopped doing open houses and that's called a pipeline. Yes. That's the the, the biggest problem is the consistency in doing all of the, the, um, the, the process. It's the implementation. Yeah. It's like you might have heard of doing open houses and you're like, oh, well, I'll, and, and, I'll give that a go. And and then if you just go in and you you don't know what you're doing and you're like, oh, nobody, but, you know, you don't have the proper follow up. You're not signing in for them, getting their information. You Instead, they come in and go, oh, do you have an agent? And they go, yeah. And then you go and then everybody said yes, because you asked a close ended question. Because you don't know what you're doing. It's like you have to do the research on how to do these open houses, what questions to ask, how to get their information, how to do the follow-up, right? And and how long do you do the follow-up? You do the follow-up for forever. That's how long. You, until they tell you to stop calling me, I already have a realtor. I already bought a house. You call them every single week. Every week. Whether they answer or not, you call. You try double taps where you call and then you call right back again. This is that's the part that gets me is when it's not every week it's every day right, until you reach. But right, and I know uh, of course that of course, but that that's what I was getting at is when they don't answer for a week and then you do a new open house. So I'm going to call the new people and forget those people, mm-hmm. and then those people just sit in your in your uh, inbox of of tasks to do, and then you don't ever call them again. It's like, well, that's that's free money. Why are you leaving that free money on the table? So I'll tell you. So in in general, in general, and you might find, well, let me say the in general part first. In general, you should be able to set an appointment or get a referral from t- talking to 20 people. So if you're having 20 real estate conversations, you should have an appointment or a referral for an appointment. So if you're, let's say you're doing open houses and the average open house gets five people through the door. So you would need to do four open houses to set one appointment. So with that math, you can then determine, well, I want to set two appointments a month from open houses. Then I need to do eight open houses. But then you actually have to do it. And then when you do the eight open houses, you have to make the follow-up calls. You have to do the emails and you have to do it in the time in which you're supposed to, like if you're following right. a, a smart plan or a campaign, like there's whatever brokerage you're with has some sort of open house follow-up, follow that system exactly as it's written. Don't think you're smarter than that. Well, Don't think that, well, they're not going to answer. They're blocking my calls. Just follow the system, follow, people. Follow the recipe, right? I'm, I'm getting ranty. Well, I set- think it's because... These are the things that I do because I've been doing this long time and I've been I've, I've had a team and I've had people um, come in and out of the team and I hear all of the same things and I will call them what they are. It's excuses mm-hmm. of like, I'm afraid to call. Um, I'm too busy to call or all of the things. <laughs> the I'm too busy to call is my favorite mm-hmm. because it's like you aren't too busy to call. First of all, you what that when you say you're too busy to call, what I hear is I'm not managing my time and I am not coveting my lead generation time. Because Under, it, understanding because that it's the most important thing. It's the thing most important doing. thing to do. Why would you be doing anything else besides lead gen during lead gen time? That's what it's for. That it's blocked out in your calendar. This is when you lead gen. So when you say you're too busy and you've really got like maybe one or two people that you're you should you're supposed to be able to handle fifteen buyers at a time. Well, how how could you be too busy to make your calls? So there's there's there, an those, agent. Uh, those excuses are, but, but real quick, I remember remember what you're going to say. I was going to say that, that when you you were saying a couple minutes ago about you have to do the eight open houses and you have to do this and this. It's a recipe, right? And you're teaching the recipe to your novice bakers, and you're like, well, how much? baking soda did you ask did you put in and they go well i didn't have any baking soda so i use baking powder <laughs> or well i didn't have quite enough of that so i only used half a teaspoon 
And and then you wonder why your cookies taste like garbage. <laughs> I didn't have any sugar, so I used salt. Yeah, Is it's that like okay? it's like you can't just substitute things or leave things out. It's like this; these are all recipes. Whether these these lead gen ideas or concepts and stuff, they're all recipes, and you have to follow them to a T. Now, only like we talk about, Catherine's learning how to bake because she's learning the science of it. Only after you've mastered those things do you get to say, "Well, I'm going to add." You know what? I want these cookies to be soft softer than what the recipe says. So I'm going to melt this butter instead of using the soft butter Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, because you understand how the chemistry of the recipe works. The same is true with Legion. Well, if you don't understand the chemistry, just do what is in front of you to do. Well, and in that analogy, like you can get creative with recipes once you understand the foundation of baking and the science behind it. You can get creative because if you need to make a batch of cookies, you do actually know how to make them. So you can experiment with other things and then still make it to the party or whatever with a batch of cookies. It's going to taste good. You don't go in on day one and say, I've got cookies that I've got to take to this party, but let me see what happens when you melt better instead of keep it cold or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 but that's what happens every single day because like we we get into this business thinking that it's something other than it is. And so I hate to tell you, young 19-year-old uh person, but it's not whatever you thought it was, it's not. You're in you're in the business of generating leads and that means consistent follow-up with people over time. It takes time and it takes consistency. You don't get to do any of the fun stuff until you do this stuff. Like helping people um, going is- into going into nice houses, um, having people you know remember that you're the one that helped them do do that. All of the stuff that you're like that you think the job is, you don't get to do any of those things unless you do the lead generation things. That's oh. that's the and and the lead generation things is seventy percent of your job. Also, by the way, most of the time you're actually doing lead follow up. That's what the fortune is in the fall of that whole saying. It's also like most of the time, that's actually what you're doing. If you're making calls to FISBOs or expireds, that's lead generating because you're looking for new business. But if you're getting like a sign call or you're doing an an open house, like physically sitting in the open house is technically lead generating, but it's like that most passive form of lead generating. What makes open houses work is actually the lead follow up. So if you sit in the open house and you're like, I lead generated for two hours today, and then you don't do any of the follow-up tasks to convert those people, you wasted your time and and your weekend. So you have to be purposeful in what you're doing. And so to answer this person's question, back to their question, is like, where can I be in a place to network with buyers and sellers and not seem scammy? <laughs> it's sitting in an open house. And then to not feel scammy, well, don't scam people. <laughs> like that's yeah. Well, I think she means salesy. I know. How I just I, hate that word. Like, how do I not be like? Because I think in their mind, they're thinking like, oh, do I go to um, some sort of like monthly art show on Mondays down at the community center or whatever? Like, and then what do I do? Walk around with business cards and say, hey, I'm a realtor. Here's my card you guys want to buy a house walking into it like because they don't know what networking means and stuff so so i'll get into that in a second okay so if you're doing open houses though you're never going to come across as scammy or salesy unless you're trying unless every person that walks in you're like hey do you want to buy this house (laughs) hey do you do you want to set an appointment with me um you're one of the the key things to real estate is asking questions asking open-ended questions, being curious about people and what their plans are without being... um, Genuinely curious. Genuinely listening and curious. Not thinking about, oh, I've got to get this person into the office. Right. If your mindset is, I I just want to set this appointment, then it might come across as salesy when you're asking questions or when you're talking to them. Also, don't tell people things. Like people don't want to be told like you should buy a house right now because the interest rates are the best they've ever been. Like, yeah, don't tell me what to do. Like they don't want to be told. You're asking questions. Ask questions. Don't tell. Ask. Don't tell. Ask. You're trying and be genuine about what they're like when they say, 
Um, well, you know, my kids went to uh, school in Ohio. What part of Ohio? Because you're genuinely curious. What part of Ohio? Because you might be from from there or have family from there. Like genuine. Like ask a follow. Ask the follow up questions. Like learn about them. That's going to not only create a relationship so that they remember you on Monday when you call them, but it's it, it's going to help you better understand what it is that they want. Can I, can I, uh, this is all yeah. related. It's not a rabbit hole, but uh, I, I was having a conversation recently with somebody and I'm going to give you the two different versions of that conversation, like how it could go with two different um, real estate agents. And I want you to understand listeners that I'm going to tell you how I did it. And I'm not, I'm not saying like, I, I, this is all learned through experience, practice, going to classes, all of that. So do I think that my approach is better than what most people are now? Yes, but I've been doing this for a really long time. So, but this is what the biggest factor that you need to understand is that I'm, I'm curious and I'm not trying to sell them on meeting with me versus the other agent. So here's the conversation. I called somebody who was interested in buying a house. And they, when I first spoke with them um, six months ago, they were in a lease for another year. And so they're on a follow-up system and then their task comes due that they're, they're at the halfway point. Okay. And so I make the call because what happens, they might decide to start looking sooner than their lease is up. So I set a halfway point task so that I don't miss following up with them if they change their plans and move sooner. Um, and then they're on a, another follow-up as well, like with emails and quarterly calls. So anyways, I call I call, and I start talking to her. And so my first question is just, you know, hey, I, we, we spoke a while back. You're, you know, I know your lease is up in May or whatever. Uh, what are your plans for 2024? Super open-ended. What are your plans for 2024? And then I just let the person talk. She would have said, are you guys still thinking about buying a house? The other. What's uh, that? Then so, that's a yes or no. So right? the, the other way that that conversation would have gone with any other agent, um, the, especially newer agents, is, hey, we spoke. I know your lease is up in May. Are you still thinking about buying a house? No. Where do you go with that? So instead, I said, what are your plans for 2024? And that led her into a big, long conversation about what she doesn't like about Orlando. (laughs) And so I just listened. I listened and let her speak about the that she's, you know, they've lived here for a little while and that they don't really like any of the neighborhoods and they can't really find something that's similar to where they were living previously in a different state up north. And and I just let her talk for a while. And then I asked, well, I'm just curious, like what brought you here in the first place? Because I didn't remember and I just was trying to understand, you know, why are they here? If you don't like it, why are you here? So another open-ended question that led me to understand their personal situation and what brought them here and how long they'll end up being here, which is at least six to eight years, which is a substantial amount of time to be renting and spending money versus just buying a house. And so another agent would have said when they said, no, we're not looking to buy a house, be like, oh, okay. Yeah, especially in. Okay, is it okay if I follow up with you uh, next year and and maybe if you change your mind? Is it okay? No. Another (laughs) open-ended question. Okay, and then I hang up and then I, I, I I delete them. Yeah. Right? That's what most agents will do. Nobody wants to buy anything. That's what most agents will do. And then if the person said yes, that they were still thinking about buying... They, they would have asked the same question. They would have been like, oh, well, no, what they would or do try is... try to set the appointment. They would have said, oh, okay, so you're right. looking in May. We should get together and sit down and have an appointment six months early, right? And then the person's going to be like, oh, well, I'm not really ready for that. And then that's how you end up feeling salesy because you're pressuring someone to do something when they're not ready. It's not on their timeline. It's because you want to set an appointment. So flip back to my conversation. I now know why she's here what she doesn't like about the area and why she's currently renting, why she's going to be staying here for that amount of time. And I also, then I dug deeper and I said, well, you know, I understand you're not really happy with the neighborhoods you're seeing around town. I'm just, you know, I'm curious, like, where were you living before? What was the, 
what was the area? What, what did you like about that? And then I learned the actual neighborhood that I could look up and see what it looks like. Are there any comparable things here in town that I could help guide her to when the time is right? Right. Because right now is not the time is not right. Anyways, she's still six months before the lease is up. Right. But anyways, that's the difference between being salesy and being consultative. And so I'm just going to I ended up having like a 15, 20 minute conversation. And we found out where they used to live. Mm hmm. Looked it up, Mm -hmm. found out, oh, yes, I know exactly. There are like five or six places that look exactly like this, that 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 they where they live now isn't anywhere. Is they just haven't they haven't seen it because because they wouldn't have driven out there to see them. Exactly. And so now I can actually help guide this person. But again, they're not ready for an appointment yet. Right. So I set a task for follow up. And I've got all this information. So when I call again and I check in on their motivation, not mine, their motivation, then I can, then I have permission because they gave me all this information to say, hey, would it make sense for us to talk more about some different neighborhoods that you might like? Yeah. Because I know what you do like. That's the difference. And and what allows Catherine to do that is... A pipeline of people. She doesn't feel like, oh, I have to set this appointment because I've got nobody else. Right. It's like that's that's what the freedom of having a pipeline of people and conversations all the time does. It doesn't you you don't have just one person. Oh, if they don't close then I don't have anybody. And if they don't, if I don't set an appointment, you know, it's like you've got you can you can um, kind of just marinate on all of these different peoples that people at all different levels and wait for them to come to you when they're ready. You just have to be in contact with them and stuff. But if you're like, this is the only person I met one person and that's all I've got. You could go too quickly and feel sick. And then when they say no, you feel salesy and you feel like you messed it up, which you did. Well, you feel rejected, but that's because you were pushing them to something they weren't ready for yet. Yeah. Like that, I think that's, you know, that's the first time I've ever said that out loud. But I think that that's probably a lot of times when you feel rejection, it's not actually rejection. They're saying no right now because they're not ready and you feel like they're saying no to you. Yeah. And that's not really what it is. And then, so I think the the person said like, where do I go to network? And so let me... Let me assume that they meant actually networking because an open house isn't networking, but they said, how do I get in front of buyers and sellers? So I told you how to get in front of buyers and sellers, right? But networking is a different animal. Networking well, it is... Says, it says network that would build long-term client, not just quick deals. Yes. So understand that networking, there's no place that you're going to go and get in front of buyers and sellers, except that everybody buys and sells homes. <laughs> So any room you're in, that's actually that that's what um, Gene Rivers also was saying, is that this is a we're in a business that everybody uses our product in some way, shape or form. So you really can get in a room and be in front of buyers and sellers, regardless of what the networking event is. And so real estate, a lot of people say like real estate is kind of a lifestyle that you if you can embrace that you're just a, you're a realtor and you're out having a day to day experience, and if you interact with somebody, if they know you're a realtor, they're going to ask you. The, yeah, how's the market? You, and <laughs> you're going to if you can become that person that they think of when they think of real estate, that you're always going to have real estate conversations, and it's not even going to be difficult to have. Mm-hmm. And like I ran into um, people at a nursery like a plant nursery mm-hmm. not surprise that- everybody i took we, catherine to a nursery we got more plants you guys but we did we went to a plant nursery i ran into some some clients that are friends and they're both clients because hey guess what one of them bought a house and then the, he referred the other one ran into them what do you think we talked about the real estate market i mean we chit chatted about other things in their their lives and things that they're doing yeah. But we also talked about real estate. You know what people say to me every time they see me? How's the art going? Yeah. Because <laughs> they know I'm an artist. Right. right. It's like that's what they do and stuff. So it's like you just get in front of people. You just have to if if they don't know you're an artist, they're not going to ask you how the art's going. Yeah. Right. So you have to. They're going to say, what is, what 
is it that you do again? Yeah. If somebody has to ask you that question, then you know you've done something wrong yeah. as a realtor. But so, okay. Networking, though, it can be something that you do. And it's also like a, a lever in your business that produces sales. Because like I said, no matter where you go, there are people who are buyers and sellers. But when you go to a networking event, well, first of all, you need to find something that you can go to consistently and that consistent people are going to be there because it's not actually the networking event itself. It's the relationships that you make at the networking event. So I have done various things over the years. I tried to actually have my own networking event that was like a women a women's network for women. Orlando Women's Network. Yeah, Orlando Women's Network. And it was cool. Like it was just I didn't have time. I was too busy <laughs> to do. Well, once again, Catherine tries to build something from scratch rather than just go with something that already <laughs> exists. Right. But I, try, I tried to make my own networking group. And to attract people, I found I wanted it to be a niche thing of women in business. And then to attract people, I would bring in speakers to talk about various things. And I also held it at a dessert bar because, I mean, that's that's just a fun thing, right? And it was, it, I would say that it was remotely, remotely successful. What does that mean? That means not successful. <laughs> so you're in a remote part of town. Slightly successful. <laughs> it was okay. But I did not do it long enough and right. consistently enough Going, doing to it, have any results it, from it. Right. Yeah. It ha- Because it's so passive. You have to do it. That's going to take for years, 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 literally years. And then what I'm doing is I'm just creating relationships with those people that are showing up and asking them for referrals and they're doing the same. So you have to have the time and the, the, the passion for whatever it is, for whatever it is. And so what, instead of trying to create your own, (laughs) this is the, the creativity before the foundation, right? Go find something that you're interested in and join that networking group. Yeah. It could be a dog meetup. Yeah. You know, you love it, dogs. It could be anything. Just whatever it is that you like. And the- there will be buyers and sellers in that audience. The key there is that um you're not there to talk about real estate. It will naturally come up because they'll say, What do you do for a living? And you'll say, I'm a realtor. And they'll and, say, Oh, how's the market? It then, will naturally come up. And the next time when you go two weeks later <laughs> to the to it, they'll say, Oh, that's that realtor. Let me uh, how are things? What's going on? Right? And before you know it. But you gotta, you can't just like go three times periodically and expect phone well, you calls. You have to be, you have to you, be. I'm gonna put some business cards on the table here. You have to be committed to that as a legion effort, right? Which means adding a certain number of people to your database every time you go, and then following up with them consistently to see how you can help them, and then in turn, you know, building that relationship. So you can't just attend something and then think that that's going to you're going to find somebody who's ready to do business. No. That's like sending out one round of postcards waiting for the phone to ring. Right. Doesn't does not work. And in if you walk into the room and somebody's like, "Oh, I'm actually looking to buy a house." And you set an appointment with somebody, what that was was a a miracle. Yeah. And and a lucky Don't take, yeah. a lucky right. coincidence and it and it's not Great way. That's awesome. It's awesome. That's what you, the more you do this stuff, the luckier you'll get. Piece of advice my dad gave me. The more you practice, the luckier you get. Yep. This is, that's what this is. The more you're out there doing that kind of thing, you will get lucky along the way. That It's great. Every once in a while, you go in to do an open house if you do enough of them. And not only do you find somebody who wants to buy a house, but they also need to sell theirs. It doesn't mean you plan on getting a buyer and seller. It yeah. just means that you get lucky sometimes yeah. with a postcard or with a you don't whatever. build your door knocking plan, or, though, around luck. You build it around how do I make this a consistent effort that will over time get results? Right. And that's going to look like this. You probably have to add, you have to go to an event probably every week and add at least five people. And then maybe over the course of a year, you'll get a couple referrals from that. Mm-hmm. If you go weekly and add five people to your database. And I'm, I'm sort of making up numbers with this. The open house stuff is 100% legit. Now, it depends on how many you're averaging at your open house. You start to track that stuff. Um, but I'm just saying it's all about consistency and implementing the follow-up plan. And so it's not just get how do I get in front of clients. It's 
You're going to get in front of people. It's going to happen. The issue is they might not be ready right this second. And if you're, and if you, you gonna, don't have a follow-up plan to, and then do it. <laughs> how do you, how do you get in front of them when they're ready? And the only way to do that is to always be around. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the way that you, every single person somewhere in their, not every single person, but most people in their life path at some point will buy a house. How do you make sure that they buy the house with you to always be in front of them? That's how. And what does that mean? That means 44 times a year you're in contact with them. And also that's what that means. You have to understand that you will still lose people like, um, you know, the the stat and, and I'm, I don't remember it and you can look it up, but the, like most people would use the same agent. They just can't remember their name. Yeah, that's so sad. It, it is. It's a sad statistic. Um, But the thing is, like, you can get people to remember your name and you can even be top of mind, but then somebody else might get in your way. Yeah. And it could be, it could they be, they could get their own license. They could get their own license. That's happened. Um, it's happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, Catherine's lost a lot of business to people getting to their people, own license. To people getting their own license. And then, but get the reason why they got their license is because their experience went so well because Catherine was their agent. Oh, um, <laughs> it's true. So, if they had a terrible time, they'd be like, oh, I don't envy that job. <laughs> um, well, I have had to, I have had people tell me that before. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't course. envy your job. But um, so, <laughs> wait, I was going to say something and then Sorry. I lost my train Sorry about that. Oh, just that you will lose business. So it just, you're going to have to get comfortable with that because there, there are, there's, there's people that will get in the way and it, it's, it's, it could be them getting their license. It could be their family member, their best friend. So even though you're top of mind, somebody else gets in the way. It can also just be some large corporation that's that that gets in the way because they have massive advertising budgets and they look to solve problems that people have when they put something in front of somebody and they say let me check on this Before and all you, of a sudden yeah. they're selling their house with some company and didn't even realize it um oh i mean they realized they were selling their house but yeah. you know what i mean yeah so you have to have really strong relationships with people beyond and it takes a long time to build those it does and you're not going to have but them you're with 19. everybody you're 19, so you've got so much time to be able to build these these relationships that you're building now. When you're 30 years old, and you and you've got, I mean, you're gonna have just the the bedrock of 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 sphere and stuff. Just start now, and you'll you're you're gonna be fine. Yes. You know what? Um, it takes 1920 Mets in your database to have an MREA, um, business. Oh, okay. Like Mets, meaning you've that you know them, they know you, and you're in communication with them on a. It used to be thirty three touch. Now it's so if you do that, you you make a million dollars. That you should be able to make a million dollars if you're consistently doing it. But nineteen hundred and twenty. I guess I was just going to do the math. Like it's, it's a lot. That's a lot. Oh, it's a lot to stay in contact with into that degree. Well, but it's a lot just to have that that that, ha- that you yeah. have all their contact details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, but. Like, think about it like this. If you're 19 years old and you're just getting started, like I would say, set a goal. Like, I want to do this in five years, 10 years, whatever the goal is. I want to build an MREA business in five years. So how many people do I need to add to my MET database every year? 384. Break that down to the month. 32. Break that down to the week. Eight. Eight people a week. One a day. If you one add one person a day for five years, right? You would have and and consistently follow up. This is the right. key to this whole you have to conversation. You can't just add their information and say, "Okay, I'm gonna have a million dollar business." You have to talk to them about real estate and ask for business and ask for business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my it can be done. That's my two cents. Small win, cat. You got a small win. I think just that we we did start our holiday decor because mm-hmm. it's it takes a long time to get everything set up the way that I like it, and so we we started doing some decorating this weekend. Did that surprise anybody? 
that it takes a long time to get things set up the way Catherine likes it. <laughs> well, listen, I'm very particular. No, I, I know. And that's kind of mine, too. I mean, it is a... Uh, it's it's a lot. It's, a, we've got a lot of crap. Well, it's a big, it's a much larger house than what we've had in the past. And this will be the first year that we do anything outside because we've been under construction outside for almost three years. So it's, it's, um, I just didn't want to try to squeeze everything into one weekend. And guys, it's still hot here. Yeah, so it's, it's like, it's, it's like doing, it is kind of a sweat box outside to go and set up a ladder and hang a bunch of stuff and do everything. It's still 85 degrees outside and that Florida sun is beating down on you in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon. It's not like, oh, you put on your little jacket and go sit outside and do some stuff. It, no, it's still, it's still sweaty out there. Hey guys, it's hot out <laughs> hey guys remember to rate and review us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us send your questions from the web to on seeking the best at gmail.com leave us a spotify voicemail with your questions and we'll play it on the show all info is in the show notes and for cat and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week bye this has been a think live be production